God often reveals his truth to us, whether it is about himself, us, or the relationships therein through the natural world. This is revealed to us by Paul in Romans 1, 19-20, which says, For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. This is also true for man-made things such as film, and I would like to show how he does just that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Welcome to Oh How Marvelous, episode 18, and today we'll be talking about Doctor Strange. I don't necessarily remember my theater experience with Doctor Strange, but I do remember watching the trailers when that first came out. Um, I think the trailer actually first came out when I was a senior in high school. It might have been earlier than that. Uh, we saw some sneak peek stuff or something. But I remember talking in high school which I graduated high school in 2015, so I, I was talking with a friend about it, and I remember telling him that the visuals from what we saw of the trailer or whatever it was, the teaser, um, it reminded me of the movie Inception, because in the trailer you had the scene where Strange and Mordo are chasing Caecilius, or it might have been even bits of the opening scene where uh, the Ancient One is chasing Caecilius, um, and you see the whole outside world like bend and manipulate, um, and the visuals there were really cool. Honestly, the visuals throughout the whole movie were really cool too. Um, but I just remembered that seeing the trailer and leading up to it, I thought it looked like Inception, and I remember enjoying Inception, so I was very much looking forward to it and um, definitely looking forward to seeing the um, sorcerer side of the MCU as this movie was getting ready to come out. Um, I will say, though, that I do not believe this movie aged well that much. Sure, the visuals are great, but I, eh, to me, it just seems empty, kind of. It, it, feels like it has lackluster it i don't know how to describe it other than lackluster but um i do enjoy the movie though it's still a good movie the mcu still puts out even for its low movies still good standalone movies anyway um they stand alone really well um but uh i thought that this movie would hold up better than it did when it first came out, but yeah, it just, compared to the rest of the MCU, honestly, it seems lackluster. I, I guess I just had a problem with Dormammu as a villain, just being the way that he was defeated. I guess I just wasn't pleased with that, but I mean, that's kind of how else would you defeat Dormammu, um, especially if you're a sorcerer who's just begun his journey as a sorcerer and whatnot. So that's fair. 
But, yeah, I just felt like it had a lackluster to me. Um, but it was a great movie, great plot, great themes. Um, actually, it had quite a few biblical themes in this film. So, um, yeah, that's it for my theater experience there. And I did just give you my gripe, so there's that. So, as always, let's get to my likes of the film. Uh, first of all, my favorite character was Stephen Strange. Um, I loved his character development, not only in this film, but throughout the rest of the MCU as well. Um, mine is Multiverse of Madness, and we'll get there. But, um, yeah, I just love him as a character, and uh, kind of see the parallels that he, as a character, has between Tony Stark as well. And you kind of see that play out in Infinity War. Um, again, I might get to that in Infinity War, so we'll see. Um, but, gotta mention Wong here, because first of all, how awesome is Wong? Especially of what we've seen of him within the MCU up to date. Um, and this is the movie where he is introduced. So, I gotta give a shout out to him. Um, I love the scene, or the moments where... Uh, Strange is talking to him, and he's just like, it's just Wong, like Eminem, Adele, Beyonce. <laughs> and, and then later on, you hear um, Wong listening to Beyonce as Strange is portaling all throughout the library, um, taking some books and such. And I love that. Uh, Wong is a great and hilarious character who also takes his job seriously, but I love him. Um... Now, my favorite scene, first I got an honorable mention here, two ones actually. I love the Strange versus Mordo fight scene where, especially the line where Mordo says, Fight! Like your life depends on it! Because someday it might. And uh, I love the life lesson that's taught there. And a close second favorite scene of mine um, is... The death scene of the Ancient One where she is talking to Strange um, in her astral form. Talking to Strange's astral form. Basically, soul talking to soul. Um, and so, honestly, I thought the Soul Stone, before going into Infinity War, since they used soul as part of the plot here in Doctor Strange, that the Soul Stone might be linked to... Doctor Strange, but obviously it wasn't, so, um, kind of a route they could have taken, but I'm glad they didn't, because they're also connected to the Time Stone, so, it would have been dangerous and stupid to be connected to two stones at the same time, so, anyways, yeah, I just really love that conversation, and we'll get more into detail there later, but my favorite scene overall, uh, was the scene where Strange fights Kaecilius, and his gang, and I love that not only is he able to hold his own, but he's also picking up on the new skills that he needs in the middle of the fight um, because he's exposed to all these new skills that Kaecilius is showing him, whether Kaecilius knows it or not, um, like manipulating gravity and such not, whatnot. Um, and so I love that Doctor Strange is able to hold his own there. And he thought to kick some of the minions out and turn the dial to change the literal setting. 
um, through the windows. So I thought that was fantastic. Again, just another one of those moments where the visuals are fantastic. Uh, speaking of those visuals, though, um, I loved the scene where Strange is first being shown what the Ancient One is all about. And uh, she shows him the vast multiverse and whatnot. And I especially think of the moment where he's taking... He's taken out into space, and then he just sees a butterfly flying around, and I just loved the trippiness of it, uh, because if you're exposed to all that for your first time in the sorcerer setting, uh, yeah, that'd be overwhelming for sure, but I just love the visuals. They did so well with them, so um, some honorable mention quotes here. First of all, um, it's when Mordo is talking with the Ancient One, and Mordo says something along the lines of, I came to Kamertage to learn how to fight my enemies, but you taught me how to fight my demons. Um, and what she says back to him is, we never lose our demons, Mordo. We only learn to live above them. Now, there is some bit of theological inaccuracy in that because demons are very much real. But I kind of see the point that she's trying to make here is because sometimes when we fight our own desires, um, our own selfish desires, that is certainly a sort of demon to ourselves because um, those they torture us, they manipulate us um demons don't just torture they manipulate as well um some of the most cunning demons out there are ones that we don't even recognize as being demons but that we might see as actually being helpful to us but actually what they do to us is they destroy us over time um and so I believe that that is what she means here by living above our demons, that we can live above our desires, that yes, we can have those desires in there, but we learn that there is a time and place for them, and not always, maybe not even ever for certain ones, are the right time and place. So the next honorary quote I want to mention here um, is Mordo telling uh, Strange um, that um, Strange is asking, uh, what is this? And he, after he hands him a slip of paper, and he says, the Wi-Fi password, we're not savages. Um, I love that. Um, it was a great little humorous bit to a more serious moment in the film. Um I love when Strange uses his own humor, too, where he says, I'm fluent in Google Translate, and he's talking to Wong, um, and he's like, can you read Sanskrit or something like that? Um, but I really love that. The last honorary mentioned quote here for y'all um, is coming from that very scene that I talked about earlier where Strange and the Ancient One are talking to each other in their astral forms. And 
The quote is from the Ancient One, and she says, Death is what gives life meaning. And I will actually get into that later in the biblical themes portion, because that is a great thing to talk about there. But my favorite quote also comes from the Ancient One, and it's a great piece of wisdom in this very same scene. She says, Arrogance and fear still keep you from learning the simplest and most significant lesson of all. It's not about you. In this moment, she was talking to Doctor Strange, and she was pointing him out for his ego. She was very humbly talking to him about it, and not just yelling at his face about it, trying to get him to stop immediately, but to help him to see it for himself. And this will link into another biblical theme, which we'll get into later. Um, it actually might tie into something that I talked about earlier, too. So, yeah. But I think that does it for my favorites list. I already talked about how good the visuals were. But that leaves us with the Stan Lee cameo. I gave it a 5.2. Um, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't good either. Um, it kind of reminded me of the Captain Marvel scene where uh, he's also reading something in public transportation. And so uh, it, it just felt kind of average to me, you know. It wasn't all too significant or whatever. He just kind of was there. But it was great to see him. So yeah, I just gave it a 52 I believe that does it for my discussion on the film in general. So let's get to the devotional. It reads, In Doctor Strange, a neurosurgeon, Doctor Stephen Strange, known for his great success in his career because of the stability of his hands, finds himself to be in a crisis. He ends up in a car accident that severely damages the nerves in his hands, causing them to shake. In order to solve the problem of his shaking hands, he reverts to the medicine of the Western world that he has always known. When he realizes that Western medicine won't help him reach his goals, he reverts to the Eastern Hemisphere, where he is led to a place called Kamartaj. It is there that he meets the Ancient One who trains him in the mystic arts. He is able to quickly pick up on his training and upon surpassing the skill of the Ancient One, faces Kaecilius, a disciple of a cosmic being, Dormammu, and defeats them both. The book of Job tells the story of a man who is quite the opposite of Doctor Strange. Job was a man who was ever faithful to God. He had a wife, kids, land, livestock, and a home for it all. He had everything a man as humble as he could have been blessed by God to have. Then Job's life took a turn. His children and livestock were all dead, his home destroyed, and he had become sick near the point of death with boils on his skin. The only blessing for the Lord that he had left were his friends at his bedside. His friends had all speculated about the reasons for Job's circumstances, but they never came to the right conclusion, that God is sovereign and Lord of all. During his bed rest, Job gives praise to God, saying, The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job 1.21, English Standard Version. Doctor Strange depended upon the stability of his hands to ultimately give him the life he desired. Having this life made him into a selfish man. Now that that life had been taken away from him, his ego was forced to begin breaking down. Job knew all along that everything he loved in life could have been taken away by God. 
which is why he was able to praise God in the midst of his great trial. The stability of his hands being taken away from him led Dr. Strange down a path that would make him a great hero, serving others and making him humbler. Even Job was made humbler by this experience. Job 46-41-34 Once Job's life's trial was over, the Lord restored to him all that was taken from him because of his great faith. What have you been taking for granted? Would you count your blessings and thank the Lord for them? The Lord gives and he takes away. How can you use what he has given to you for his glory? Will you choose to become dependent upon the blessings of the Lord or the Lord of the blessings? There is one theme that comes up in this devotional that I would like to talk mostly about here. Um, It's the idea of being humbled. Jesus told us in the Gospels that Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Well, we see in the book of Job that Job humbled himself, and therefore he was exalted by God. And then we see in Dr. Strange, we see Dr. Strange is exalting himself, and therefore that is what brings him to being humbled. And so that's how we see that proverb by Jesus being played out. So now we have several other biblical themes that show themselves in this movie that come up. The first one is um, probably the most obvious one here, um, especially surrounding Dormammu and the terminology surrounding his nature and such. Um, And this is the idea of eternal life. And as it relates to this movie, um, it makes me think of the rich man in Luke 16. And the passage reads as follows, and it starts in verse 19. There was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table, Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things, and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he is comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, to send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And he said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. I will say right now that this passage right here gives us the most detail of what it will be like in hell. And that is what is being described here, is what the torment of hell is. 
And let me tell you, hell and heaven are very real. And this is what's being described here in this passage, yes. Um, Lazarus, um, it's not the same Lazarus from the story where Jesus rises, Lazarus for the dead, but it's a different Lazarus. Um, and so Lazarus goes to heaven while um, the rich man here in the story goes to hell. Um, and so the rich man is experiencing such great torment that to even feel cool water on his tongue would be such a blessing to him at that moment. But he has made his choice. He never repented in his lifetime on earth. And I love the point that Abraham makes there that if they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they're not going to be convinced by someone rising from the dead. Um, I mean, look at the life of New Testament Paul. He wasn't convinced by Jesus rising from the dead. Now, it did take a godly encounter for him to be convinced that what he was doing was wrong and to repent. But God will not always bring people to that situation. And because of that, we have a lot of people who, because they are scientifically minded, they need physical, undeniable proof for God's existence and therefore the existence of heaven and hell and the fact that heaven and hell are our final destinations depending upon the choices we make in this life here on earth where we will spend eternity until the Lord comes again, even beyond then. And so I feel sad for such people um, that they feel like they need some concrete evidence. But the thing that they miss is faith. The book of Hebrews describes faith as being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we do not see. If we do not need to have that definition of faith in something, then it's a moot point to even worship that thing because that thing is limited somehow our brains our humanity can only comprehend ever so much and if we can comprehend it even though our brains can really comprehend quite a lot um, we as a human race have come so long in our scientific advances um, just throughout the centuries and throughout history and so, therefore, our mental capacity for understanding how the world works and nature has grown so much. But still, there is a lot of faith to be had. And when we have that faith in God, we know that, that God is worthy of our worship. If we, have, if we worship something that does not require any faith whatsoever because we fully concretely understand it, that is science. That is not worship. That is science. And so, it is important to have faith. There are certain things that God has created. There are certain aspects of God. There are certain reasonings that God has made that we just cannot comprehend. And God made it to be that way. And that's where faith comes in. And that is why God is worthy of our worship. Because He is higher than us. If God had 
not been any higher than us, then we would basically be like God ourselves, one for one. But we are made in his likeness, not one for one. In the beginning, God created us in his own image. That doesn't mean that that image is one for one. That doesn't mean that we are meant to fully comprehend him. And that's where faith comes in. Now, if you're listening right now and you find that I have just described you in some way, shape, or another, just know that I did not try to personally attack you. Um, I was just speaking from my heart. And so please understand that. And so on the topic of eternal life, let's go back to the line where the ancient one tells Dr. Strange that death is what gives life meaning. And that is so very true. Because if we had eternal life here on earth, then what's to say that we couldn't live a million lifetimes? And then within half a million lifetimes, we realize we've done everything. Um, we've went everywhere. And so what else is there to do? Um, I believe that if we all were eternal living beings who may die only in battle, like the elves in Lord of the Rings, um, that we might have some suicidal thoughts, like we've seen everything, we've done everything, we've met everybody, we've been everywhere. Um, like, what else to life would there be? You would lack substance eventually within life. And so... Death is what gives that life meaning because the fact that we know that we will die should motivate us to go out there and live for the Lord. Um, see that his kingdom is built here on earth um, and to motivate us into living humbly as the Lord had always wanted it to be for us. Um, and also going off of that idea um, it kind of leads into the question of why would a good God create evil? And I think a better way to answer that question would to, first of all, rephrase the question altogether to say, why would a good God allow for evil to take place? And I kind of give an explanation of this in my TikTok account here um, at Oh How Marvelous Podcast. And even my personal, uh, my personal TikTok, um, Christ Anchored, you can find there. Um, it's titled with the same question, but the basic gist of it is that evil in this world gives goodness, substance, and meaning. So just refer to that video, if you will. Um, I think I've posted it on the YouTube as well, if you do not have TikTok. I will check the YouTube right now, actually. So I just checked myself. I did, in fact, not put it on the TikTok um, account for the podcast here, but I did put it on my personal one. So in case you do not have TikTok, I am just now uploading that very video to the YouTube account for the podcast. So for your convenience. Um, so yeah, go check that out to answer that question as I elaborate on why would a good God create 
evil? Or a more accurate question, why would a good God allow for evil to even take place on a place where he created to be good? Um, and so, yeah, just be sure to check that out. So, furthermore, we have further biblical themes. The next one being integrity, basically taking responsibility for your own sins. Um, this kind of plays out in the scene shortly after Dr. Strange's car accident that very much injures his hands, um, where he's talking to Christine in his apartment, and um, he kind of blames Christine for his problems that he's having when I think deep down he very much knows that they are his own problems created by himself. Um, he does not own up to the fact that he was driving distractedly, which was what caused him to have the accident in the first place. Um, and so it's important for us to own up to our sins, to have responsibility for them. That's kind of part of what I meant by humbling earlier in talking about the story of Job in contrast with the story of Dr. Stephen Strange here. Um, and so it's important to own up to our sins and to recognize when we do commit that sin so that we might avoid doing that in the future. The next theme here is simply greed. Um, Strange is really greedy, really impatient about trying to get his hands back um, because it's helping him in his livelihood, right? Which we'll get into later, but he's just being greedy. And what is greed? like one of the seven deadly sins, right? Ecclesiastes tells us that whoever loves money never has enough, and whoever loves wealth is never satisfied. Um, because, I mean, talk about um, when Jesus says, the love of money is the root of all evil, which that is often twisted to say that money itself is the root of all evil, but it's not. It is the love of money, in fact, that is the root of all evil. And so, we see this play out in Strange's life here. Um, we see that he starts off rich because of his very big success as a doctor, and that car accident ruins that. Um, we even see moments before the accident where Strange is like, I could help him, but so could 50 other people. Or another case where he could help him, but he has a chance of failure, and he doesn't want to ruin his career reputation there. Um, and we actually see that with Jonathan Pangborn, too, where he actually came to see Dr. Strange to um, heal his hands. But that was a very risky surgery. And so, not his hands, but his back. Um, yeah, Jonathan Pangborn's back. But, um, yeah, again, that was a risky surgery for Dr. Strange to take. And he didn't want to ruin his 100% streak in success on the job. Um, he even shows that he has the ability to work under stress. Um, he has the patient where um, he realizes that he's just brain dead and not actually dead, and so he has the surgery to remove the clean bullet um, from his neck, um, somewhere near his spine, I think. But um, And thus saving the patient, too. And the family is very grateful for it. But... Um, 
yeah, greed just doesn't lead down a good path. We see that Strange um, is so greedy, not only for the money, but for healing as well, that he's willing to take on such big measures um, that he actually finds that he values his hands more than his money, and so he goes quickly bankrupt. And so this journey through his greed has caused him to make some unwise decisions that have led him nowhere. And so I think the big lesson here is let's stop through our greed. Let's take a pause and say, hey, what am I looking for? What is my goal here? How will this thing that I'm trying to do to get me towards my goal, how is it helping me? How is it hindering me? How will it help me? How will it hinder me? Um, and is it something that God would have me do anyway? Um, and that is the big question that we should ask each and every moment to ourselves, to others every day is, would God have me do this now or later or never? Um, and that takes such patience and self-discipline to do that, to be obedient to God's answer in that. This next theme here comes up when um, Doctor Strange first meets the Ancient One and she shows him this book um, that shows MRI scans, acupuncture, all these other medical um, pictures of a body. Um, and she says they help the person to see in part but not the whole. Um, and so she kind of shows Strange that he is only seeing the scientific, the physical body. But then she shows him his astral form and that we also have spirit. We have soul. Um, and yes, the two are not the very same. Actually, um, Paul tells us that God's word can pierce through the division of soul and spirit um, on that topic there. But back to what I was saying... Um, the Ancient One kind of gives Doctor Strange this awareness that he has illusioned himself to being able to see the whole when in fact he is able to only see the part. And sometimes the part that you're able to see is not able to help in the situation that you're in, which within the MCU here um, was the case for Doctor Strange and he needed to be able to see into his spirit um, which there's definitely a biblical metaphor to be had there. But Dr. Strange believed that he could see in whole, but he was only able to see in parts. And um, I want to re relate this to how we see things and how God sees things. See, God is eternal. He is outside of time. He is sovereign. He is all-powerful, all-present, all-knowing. Uh, these are the incommunicable attributes of God. Earlier in the podcast, I did mention that there are incommunicable attributes and communicable attributes. The communicable attributes being the attributes that God has that we also have, like mercy, love, grace, um, things like that. Um, now, it might take quite a long time for us to be able to to grow in those things but also the incommunicable attributes of God 
are the things that only he possesses, like omniscience, omnipresence. He's all-powerful. Um, and so it's important for us to know that God is the only one who sees the whole of even our own life. So when things go awry in our life, God sees that and he can perfect that and shape that for our better. And in that moment, it might feel painful. It might be awful. We might not see an end to it. We might not see any good that can come from it. But God does and he will if we put that faith in him to do it. If we try to take our life into our own hands, especially at that point, that's when things go awry. And that is not good. And then that kind of links into the last biblical theme I want to talk about in here is that we tend to want to write our own story. Um, Dr. Strange looked to finish his career in being a surgeon um, by trying to heal his hands. And so we see this kind of play out in the scene again where the ancient one dies and... um, She tells Dr. Strange that you have such a capacity for good. But she basically says says to him, you have your own plan for your life. And you could go back to being a doctor, being a surgeon, to having your hands back. But the world would be the lesser for it because he has that capacity for good. But all he sees is the greed that he has to be a successful neurosurgeon, to have the money, to have the girl um, in Christine. But the Ancient One sees within Doctor Strange such a capacity for goodness, and we see that kind of play out in Infinity War and Endgame, and I'm sure we'll see it continue to play out as we continue to see him in the MCU. We actually see that too in No Way Home. We'll get there. Um, And we'll also get to the Infinity War and Endgame, of course. But... My point here is that Doctor Strange just wanted to write his own story and that caused him to go down a selfish path. And then the Ancient One helps him to see that he has that capacity for goodness. There are other paths to go about and that's kind of what Christine was trying to tell him too. Like there are more things to life than being a successful surgeon. Um, And... I think Christine wanted him to see the capacity for goodness that he has. He wanted him to get out of that selfishness. And um, it took the Ancient One's death for him to realize that that was true. And I believe that that experience was part of his humility growth, his humbling growth. Um, I don't know what to call it, his growth in humility. There we go, his growth in humility. Um, And so, yeah... So that is a lot for Doctor Strange. Um, I think that does it for the film. Um, So if you would like to join the Discord, of course, you are welcome at any time. There's no Patreon or anything, so it doesn't cost you a cent. Um, But if you would like to join the Discord, feel free to message me on any of the social media platforms. We have TikTok at Oh How Marvelous Podcast. Uh, we have Facebook, MCU Devos. We have Twitter. I think it's Oh How Marvelous Podcast as well. Um, 
I think we have Instagram too, MCU Devos. Um, and so if you'd like, well, feel free to follow me and um, follow those pages there too. And so if you'd like to um, even submit your own devotion too, that'd be really cool. Um, or if you'd like to be part of the Discord, just feel free to message me on either of those. Or you could hit me up an email at mcudevos. That is mcudevos at gmail.com. Feel free to do so. Um, also, if you just want to give a testimony of how this podcast has helped you grow in Christ, I would love to hear that. Um, I'm not just here for you. Um, I think that you should be here for me as well, and I love that. Um, I would like to grow a community on the Discord there too, and that's why that's there. That way we can just communicate in a more natural way. Um, there's the ability to video chat there. Um, there's ability to talk about various topics. Um, I would like to get to know you there too. Um, that would be awesome. So feel free to um, get connected with me if you like. Um, so yeah, I think that does it for Doctor Strange. Oh, also, forgot the YouTube. Um, yeah, we're on YouTube, too. Uh, it's mainly so that people who don't really like to listen on podcast platforms can just go to YouTube. Might be able to, I don't know, get a sound bite out of one of the episodes or something. That'd be really cool. Um, but, um, yeah, we've got a YouTube. It's the, I think you look for MCU Devos. Um, that's my channel. Um, and so... Just look it up there. Uh, you'll be sure to find it. Just look for the logo you see on the podcast platform you have there. Um, and so I think this officially does it for Doctor Strange. We'll see you next time when we cover Thor Ragnarok on Oh How Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs>